Support for Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped. Thanks to listener participation over the last several months, Manscaped has been kind enough to sponsor the podcast as long as people continue using our promo code SUNNYNKC to get 20% off their entire orders. So thanks to everyone who's helped us out so far. Uh, this is incredible. Check out this suggested intro for the ad read. With live sports being back, it's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. So our partners at Manscaped want to make sure your Nuggets are safe as possible when they meet the Clippers. Ah, what wordplay, that's great. But for real, it's been amazing to be partners with them. I've been super impressed with their products. Per their ad copy, Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their lawnmower trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash-tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code SUNNYNKC at manscaped.com and take your grooming game to the next level. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. Guys, it is week one. We have a football game this week. I'm Austin. I'm here with Taylor Witt. Taylor, say hi. Hello, folks. And we're also here with our guest, Sam Hayes at Wichita Chiefs. Sam, welcome back to the show, Sam. Feels great to be back. We've got a great show for you guys today. As promised in last week's mailbag episode, this is our prediction show. This is our first time doing a prediction show. So here's how this is going to break down. What we're going to do first is we're going to go around the entire NFL. We're going to go division by division. We're going to give you our predictions for who's going to finish where. Division standings, we're going to give you the bottom five in the NFL, as well as the seven playoff teams. There are seven this year, guys. Kind of weird. Uh, we're going to give you the seven playoff teams for each conference. So we're going to start by breaking down the NFL. That's obviously going to include some discussion of the Chiefs, but then we're going to jump into the Chiefs schedule. And that'll be our second segment. We're going to go through game by game, all 16 games. We're going to give you our predictions for those as well. And then finally, we're going to jump into this week's matchup. That sounds crazy, guys, but there is a football game this week for us to talk about Chiefs-Texans Thursday night football. We're hanging the banner, we're getting the rings, and we're going to lay the beat down on the Texans. We're going to talk about that too. So let's start with the NFL. Let's We're just going to predict it. So what division do you guys want to start with? AFC or NFC? Dealer's choice. Let's go NFC. Let's work up our way to the more relevant teams. All right. Let's start then with the NFC East, guys. What do you want to say about the NFC East? Taylor, you have the floor. Well, I want to say that I don't really – there aren't too many good teams in this division. Um, That's correct. I am obviously very, very down on the Washington football team. I think that I'm going to slot them in an easy fourth, I'm sure – you two would agree with me there when it gets your turn. Uh, third place, I'm going to go with the New York football giants. I, I'm not quite sure what to think of Daniel Jones these days, and I just don't really – there's not a lot. Saquon's great, but um, 
I'm not sure about their defense. They Their playmakers are better this year than last year, but I think the Eagles and Cowboys are both better than the Giants, so I'm going Giants third. I'm going Eagles in second. Um, not quite sure what their running game and wide receiver situation is like. They're pretty banged up. Wentz is always hurt, stuff like that. Cowboys are kind of my default first. Um, I'm not really a huge believer in the Cowboys, but they do seem to have the most talent. They do seem to have the most consistency there. So um, that's my order. Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, football team. What do you think, Sam? Uh, So yeah, absolutely. Washington and fourth. I am not a big fan of what they got going. I'm hoping that Alex Smith makes a return. Yeah, at least a snap, right? At least one snap. If Alex Smith gets one snap, I will be thrilled. but I, I do think they're a, they're still a fourth place caliber team. Uh, the Giants in third for sure. The, I, I actually like both the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think both of them uh, have some real talent. Um, it, it's a tough call for me. I, there's sometimes where I really like the Eagles more than Giants. Sometimes I like the or the, the Cowboys rather, and sometimes I like Cowboys more than the Eagles. I'm thinking that the tiebreaker for me will be Mike McCarthy coming in. Uh, I think he's going to increase the passing rate in Dallas a lot, actually. And uh, the weapons there with Amari Cooper and with their rookie CD Lamb, I'm going to give Dallas first and Philly second. I like it. So that's going to be a unanimous clean sweep for all of us because I had the same picks in the same order as all of you all. I'm going to start with the Cowboys. I think on paper, they have the most talented team. They obviously took a little bit of a hit this week at tackle. Um, They're going to be potentially giving uh, significant snap snaps to cam Irving. I saw that is a little bit, uh. a little bit of a problem maybe for them at right tackle. Uh, they certainly don't wow me. I mean, you know, I think Dak Prescott is underrated. I think people that, that get on his back are crazy. I, I think he's a very good player. He's probably the best quarterback in the division. I think Mike McCarthy is fine. He's definitely an upgrade over Jason Garrett. I, the Eagles cut like, 50 cornerbacks this week, which was very strange to me because it seems like they, it seems like they always have cornerback problems. And then they cut like a number of cornerbacks that I was like, I can't believe they cut LeBlanc. I I mean, no sense to me. Right. It was very strange to me. I don't know exactly what they're doing there. I do like some of the stuff that they have going on. Obviously Wentz has a high ceiling. If he can stay healthy, they uh, brought back Josh McCown as their COVID quarterback. Who's just going to hang out in Texas. That's kind of a fun story. I, I like the Eagles. There's a natural kinship there we've talked about it on this show before you know obviously with Andy being from there and with Doug Peterson being there now um, I feel a lot of affinity for that franchise they just they just kind of can't stay out of their own way I mean they're always they're always hurt I I think the Cowboys are going to take the division there but I think the Eagles are probably going to be a playoff team we'll get to that at the end and then Giants and football team You know, I think the football team could maybe surprise a little bit. Um, I like Ron Rivera, but man, there's just so much going on there. And yeah, you know, the quarterback situation, I don't really believe in Uh, the Giants. Also, I mean, (laughs) Joe Judge, what? There's just a lot of goofiness <laughs> going on there, like taking the the names off the practice jerseys and pretending like you don't know who your starting quarterback is and not referring to him in press conferences. And just all the stuff that he does is very bizarre. He also, I don't know if you guys saw this story uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I guess they had like a pretty significant injury scare in practice because they were running a ridiculous drill that like nobody in the NFL runs. Um, and that's just kind of a very much like a football guy, 
through and through sort of mentality, which I, I personally don't think is the way to run your team in 2020. But what do I know? Third place for the Giants, last place for the football team. That's my prediction as well. Um, Let's snake draft. Start us off with the next one. Okay, so, so I'm going to go to the NFC South, which I think is one of the most interesting divisions in the NFL. And I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Saints at the top, and that's kind of a chalk pick. I mean, we all know pretty much what the Saints are. They tried to add Jadeveon Clowney this week, which is pretty interesting. I don't know if you guys saw that article. Yeah. The story of behind that. Oh, if they pulled that off. The, the sign-in The trade. NFL wouldn't allow it. Oh. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And honestly, I didn't see in any of the articles, like, what exactly, what NFL rule it was violating. They just were like, nah, we're not going <laughs> to approve this because we don't really like this. Like, yeah. It's reminiscent of the Lakers' uh, CP3 trade. Yeah, the Chris sure. that's exactly what it's like. Or in your sure. fantasy league, if you have like a voting system, which Taylor is nixed in all of our leagues, but like <laughs> there's no hard and fast rule for why you would vote against a trade. Just like, you, eh, I don't really like this. Like it just, it's going to, I don't like it. So for those of you who may not have caught the article, essentially what the Saints proposed to do was they were going to have a team, probably Cleveland, because Cleveland loves to get involved in goofy trades like this. They did mm-hmm. kind of a similar thing with Brock Osweiler uh, a few years back with the Texans. They were essentially going to sign Jadeveon Clowney. They were going to give him a $5 million signing bonus and a $10 million base salary. So they were going to pay the signing bonus, all of it. And then they were going to trade Jadeveon Clowney immediately to the Saints for a second-round pick. So they were essentially going to pay $5 bucks to get an extra draft pick. And the Saints were essentially going to trade a draft pick to for the, the rights to sign Jadeveon Clowney. And the Saints said they were going to include a player, but we don't know about the caliber of the player, so it could have been a throw-in. Yeah, right. Just to clear some cap as well. Yeah. So the NFL said, nah, we're not we're not gonna let you do that. So anyway, we've all kind of given our thoughts on that. It sounds like we all were way into that idea and it's something yeah. that the NFL probably should let teams do because it would be interesting and fun and cool. Uh, but the Saints are my pick. I I just think they're 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 very stable and this is a year where I think stability matters. So they're my chalk pick for number one bucks in second. Uh, I do think, I mean, I don't know. The bucks have a lot of talent, right? Like you bet on talent. Um, obviously it depends on how long Brady can keep playing at a high level and you know, how quickly they can gel in kind of a weird off season. But uh, they're my pick for number two Falcons for number three Panthers for number four. I don't think three and four are going to really surprise anybody here. Um, the Falcons are that team that probably will go seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe nine and seven this year, which could put them, you know, maybe in contention for the seventh seed. But those are two tough teams, we think, at the top of the division. And then the Panthers, I mean, they're rebuilding. So what can you say about that, really? Yeah, I, I'm going to agree on the order as well. Uh, Saints at one. Oh, this is boring. We're going to have to throw <laughs> some hot takes in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry. Uh, the, the, the Bucks at two. So, so something interesting about last year is that the Bucks already tied the Falcons last year at seven and nine. And of course, that was the Bucks team that had Jameis Winston <laughs> throwing a lot of interceptions. Yeah, 30. 30, uh, along with 30 touchdowns. But yeah, uh, thir- 30 interceptions. And uh, yeah, with Tom Brady obviously changes that. They add Rob Gronkowski. And, and then some interesting defensive uh, pieces they got. Of course, they still have Indomitian Sue, Vita Vea, uh, our old friend Rakeem Nunez Roches. 
uh, Shaq Barrett. He Levante. definitely belongs in the conversation with those yeah, other guys. Yeah, too. he totally does. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sha- Shaq Barrett off the edge, Levante David at linebacker. Th- this is a great team. They're, they're y- young DBs like Jamel Dean, Parnell Motley, Sh- uh, Sean Mun- uh, Murphy Bunting, and then uh, I really like Antoine Winfield Jr. He looks really good. So yeah. uh, th- that Bucks defense uh, is also interesting. It's not just like offense only, but the offense is obviously the most enticing part with Mike Evans and Godwin and Gronk and Brady. Leonard that's, that's Fournette. Great, yeah, we don't talk about him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that is a that is a great group that Tampa Bay has. They could easily win the division as well. But I, I'm going to lean the Saints still. Falcons three, Carolina. They're in number one pick contention right now at fourth. So we're going to go ahead and blast right through my NFC South predictions because they're the exact same. But we're now moving on to the NFC West, where I'm sure I have a different Ooh. prediction than you two. Because, okay. all right. I mean, it's, you know, we you guys covered everything we need to say about the South. I think those are all very predictable teams. But the NFC West. I love this division. Coming in in fourth. I do, too. It's very, very um, crazy. Uh, coming in at fourth for me are the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. I think that they yep. have, you know, their time has passed them. They Spent too much money on too many players that didn't work out. Um, they still haven't signed Jalen Ramsey. They still wild. haven't signed Jalen Ramsey, which is insane. Now they're going to have to pay him more than the going rate that the Bills just paid. So They gave all that money to Goff. They just didn't really – you know, they were shooting from the hip, and I think that they, they made their Super Bowl appearance with those crazy moves, and it just didn't – obviously didn't work out. They couldn't score more than three points against the Patriots, so that's how it goes. Uh, Life lesson, do not give all your money to Jared Goff. No, don't, and don't give – that much money to Todd Gurley like it was just a it was a bad situation all around their cooks is out of there now they don't really you know I mean Cooper Cup's a nice piece but uh they're just not they're not nearly the you know when the Chiefs and the Rams had that shootout and everyone was saying these are the two teams of the future these are the you know the model of the NFL moving forward is the Chiefs and the Rams but really the Rams were built on a house of cards and the Chiefs had the most you know solid foundation in football so that being said, Rams in fourth. Where I'm going to surprise people is I'm going to put Russ and the Seahawks in third. Oh, okay. And I just – I think part of that is my mistrust in Pete Carroll. I'm not quite sure he knows what to do with that team. Um, we've talked about this on the show several times, but, you know, obviously uh, Seahawks Twitter is always a buzz every time the Seahawks do anything that isn't the perfect smart move in any way. And uh, I just feel like – I just feel like even though Russ is really, really, really good, top, you know, two, three quarterback in the NFL good, um, I just don't – I don't quite see them having it to, to be able to beat the teams – the two teams in front of them in the division in second place – I have the San Francisco 49ers. So the process of elimination, that means that the Arizona Cardinals are going to walk away as NFC West winners. Worst to first. Um, Worst to first. Uh, I think Kyler's going to take a huge step forward in year two. He has to. Kenyon Drake's great. Nook's great. Um, They've got a, a lot of really, really fun pieces on that team. And I just feel like, some teams kind of can ride the momentum a little bit faster than others. And I see this Cardinals ascent being, uh, being very, very steep. And the Niners, I, I like them. They're solid. They, they run the ball and play defense, which is what you got to do to win football games, even though it's not. And I, I, I do see them having a solid to very good year. Uh, not enough to overtake Kyler Murray and the emergent 
Arizona Cardinals. Sam, what do you think about those predictions? I, I, I absolutely love it. I know. So you do. Uh, I, I also have the Rams in fourth. Uh, I do not like what they have done in LA. Just not good enough. I have the 49ers in third and I have them also missing the playoffs. I have the 49ers on uh, look, looking in on the way out. Um, because th- that has also been a trend in a lot of years, of course, is uh, Super Bowl losers missing the playoffs the following year. Yeah. And I, I, I see the same with the Niners. Uh, I don't I don't think the running uh, system is just going to translate to this year as well. So it, it, it's, it's something that just does not have that longevity that you'd hope for. Uh, and I think the defense will regress a little bit too. Not too much, but a little bit. Um, I'm going to put the Cardinals in second as much as I want to put the Cardinals in first. I <laughs> really right. want to put the Cardinals in first, but I'll, I'll keep the Cardinals in second. I, I love what they got going. I think that the future is so bright. I think Kyler is very, he, he's very underrated thrower. He's obviously a good runner as well. Uh, and then the, the second best quarterback in the NFL, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks in first. I, I just I just want them to let Russ cook. I know Carol's <laughs> joking the opposite, and I don't like that. But I think Russ will do enough to carry the Seahawks to first in the division. Wow. So, yeah. So this is a great division. It's really fun. Um, I I mean, all of these teams are really good. I think. Mm-hmm. But they all they all certainly have question marks too, which makes for a really fun division and a really fun prediction show for this division, right? So I also had the Rams in fourth place. I don't feel great about it because I do think they I I think their true talent level and kind of their performance is gonna fall between 2018 and 2019. I think they underachieved a little bit in 2019, and I think they overachieved a little bit in 2018. Um I do think there are some talent questions there. You know, the biggest one is, you know, their offensive line can bounce back a little bit. I think that they will be significantly better on offense and they do still have some pieces there. The defense I'm, I'm not really sure about. They have a first year defensive coordinator who came over from the Broncos and they kind of don't, I mean, they don't have as much talent there as they had two years ago. They obviously, they still have Aaron Donald, who's still the best defensive player in the NFL. And so it'll be interesting. And they have Jalen Ramsey, who's arguably arguably the best corner in the, the NFL. But what else do they really have? And so I think I think they're going to end up in fourth place. I had the Cardinals in third. I echo everything that everybody's saying about the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals. And I think offensively, they have a chance to be really good this year. I don't know about them on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think they would have to make some pretty remarkable strides there. You know, we'd have to have like a bounce back season from Patrick Peterson, returning him kind of to elite status. They'd have to have a couple of players probably step up in the secondary. Um, Chandler Jones would have to play like Chris Jones. Sure. I mean, Chandler Jones, uh, Chandler Jones is a great player, but you know, they, they just have some question marks on the defensive side of the ball. And isn't, isn't fancy Joseph, their defensive coordinator. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> fill so. me. That doesn't fill me with a ton of confidence, to be honest with you. Something, something on the Cardinals though, is that they do have some nice additions in their coverage. Uh, they, they added Deontay Thompson, rookie safety out of Alabama. Uh, they added Isaiah Simmons, of course, and I of am course. a massive Isaiah Simmons fan. And then, yeah, you've got that on top of Patrick Peterson. Uh, Buda Baker is a really good safety as well. Uh, he just got paid. A great name. Pa- he just got paid. And, By- and Byron Murphy, he didn't have the best rookie year, but he was still my CB1. I hope that he has his uh, 
his emergence in the next season. Yeah, they definitely have the pieces and I wanted to put them higher, but honestly, I mean, you guys putting them in first and second place, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, I have the Seahawks in second place and I am going to take the chalk pick with the Niners in first place, which is boring, but here's my pitch for the Niners, right? Like I do think, you know, everybody jumped on the Sean McVay bandwagon and here we yeah. are two years later burying him in fourth place, all four of us unanimously putting the Rams in last place in this division after they went nine and seven last year. But, you know, I really do think, I mean, and, and obviously Sean McVay came into a situation where he was in, you know, a new team and a big media market. The NFL really wanted to succeed. He's very young, you know, he's good looking, magnetic personality, et cetera. So like he was really in, he was well positioned for sort of personal superstardom, if he did anything with the Rams, which he did. I mean, he turned the Rams from the worst offense in the NFL before he was hired to the best offense in the NFL in a year, which is incredible. But I think that the guy that has the best understanding of that system that he's running, that everybody was giving Sean McVay credit for two years ago is Kyle Shanahan. And I think Kyle Shanahan, I I mean, listen, my, my thoughts on the, the, uh, the, the mid nineties Broncos are well known. Uh, you know, the, the John Elway situation, et cetera, Bingo so on card. and so forth. Listen, the Shanahan's are really, really good at football. They're very, very smart. I totally understand the Super Bowl hangover. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is very good. I do think that a run first kind of offense is maybe a little bit, I, it's not what I would choose to do if I were running a team in 2020, but I just think if that's going to be your approach that the 49ers are as well positioned to do it as anybody, I think they take this division again, this loops us back to the last division, is which is the NFC North. And I honestly, I mean, this is a fun one too because I think you can make an argument for all four of these teams, not because they're all really good in the like we had in the NFC West, but because none of them are really that good. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like this is kind of, I don't know, maybe you guys feel differently about this division. I'll give you my picks. Starting in fourth place, I'm going to pick the Bears there. Mitchell Trubisky won the quarterback competition. That's all you really need to know about that. Uh, Ryan Pace traded for Nick Foles' contract instead of just signing Cam Newton for a million dollars or oh um, or whatever. I mean, just That's... woof. And then Nick Foles lost the quarterback competition to Mitchell Trubisky. And, and listen, I think it's possible that Trubisky could be good this year I mean, i'm not good but like he could be a lot better, better. Like, yeah. i'm willing yeah. to believe that he, there it's possible he could be like you know the 15th best quarterback in the nfl right but i just don't think the defense is going to get back to the levels that it was at two years ago when they won the division and so i'm picking them in fourth place that puts the lions in third place which i don't feel good about at all I think the Lions have the talent to be pretty good. I think Matt Patricia is garbage. I think Matt Stafford is pretty good and underrated. Uh, I don't love this pick at all. I I weirdly ended up with like a distressing number of Lions on my fantasy teams this year. So maybe this is just me. Is that one? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 uh it's north of one, but it's it's about one per league, which is still too many. Mm-hmm. I, maybe this is me wish casting a little bit, but I have them in second. I have the Packers or excuse me, the Lions in third. I have the Packers in second just kind of by default. I hate what they're doing. I honestly think that they had one of the weirdest dumbest off seasons of any team in the NFL. I don't understand their draft strategy at all. They're they're like they're trying to be the Niners, I guess, but like, 
why you have Aaron Rodgers and they have never drafted a good receiver for Aaron Rodgers ever. They, mm-hmm. they like seem to actively take away his weapons and talent and just strip him of everything that he could use to be a successful quarterback. I also think he's in decline. So, you know, that's part of it as well, but I just don't like what they're doing. I like their defense, especially their pass rushes, obviously tremendous. I'm picking the Vikings to win this division pretty much by default. Like I don't, I don't really love what the Lions are, what the Vikings are doing either, but they're at least like, they seem to have a pretty coherent strategy. Like it seems like everybody inside that building is on the same page, which I can't say for any of the other teams in this division, right? Like it feels like the Vikings at least are all pulling in the same direction, which I don't get the sense of that. Certainly not from the Packers or the Lions and probably not from the Bears either. And if the Bears are all pulling in the same direction, that direction (laughs) is Mitch Trubisky, which is a, a ruthlessly absurd direction to be pulling in. So I have Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. Uh, unfortunately, I also agree with you, Austin, on the ordering. Um, just unfortunately, as far as dynamics of the show, but that's you all right. You know what? This show has never been about hot takes, all right? <laughs> no, you're, getting, no. you're getting our opinions. You're right. And a lot of times we're going to agree because, yep. you know, that's, that's what we just, do. That's yep. what we do. Uh, so, again, just to kind of echo some of your thoughts, um, the Bears are a mess right now. They're just very discombobulated and. And like you said, they completely blew it on the quarterback situation in general. And regardless of what else is going on with your organization, if you don't have the quarterback figured out, you're just not going anywhere. That's just the way it's always been. And with Mitch being on a a prove it situation, I'm not quite sure he can do much more than make things hard for the bears next year. Like best case scenario for him is he has one good year out of his five-year contract or four-year contract. And then they're like, well, now what do we do? And worst case scenario is your quarterback sucks and then they move on. That's probably what the Bears are hoping happens is that yeah. they give Mitch his fourth year. He sucks. They can put in foals and just be done with the whole Mitch Trubisky experiment and move on. That's probably the best case scenario for them. But if that's the case, they should have cut bait with him before this year. They shouldn't be yeah. afraid to cut bait early. So anyway, enough about the Chicago Bears. It's unfortunate. We like nags. We like Cairo Santos is a bear as well. Cairo. So. I, there I, you I, go. I, 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 no, I think he got cut, actually. He, he's back on the practice squad, though, I believe. Oh, practice squad. Okay. Oh, man, I, really, sure. won't he? Listen, he's still very much in the picture, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, like, he's it, a bears it, kicker, so. Exactly. He's... So it's yeah. very possible that he will reemerge, and we're uh, all pulling for him. Lions, we put um, Matt Patricia down very, very, very low in our coach rankings. Um, I, I'm not really quite sure what he's all about. Oh, I God, know he's that. terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I feel bad for Stafford. I always have. I always have felt like he's a guy with an immense amount of talent that has just kind of been toiling away in Detroit. Like most Lions have toiled away there for a long time. Um, I I just don't really have a ton of confidence in them, but I do have confidence in them to be better than the Bears. That's where they slot in third. Um, Packers and Vikings, I went back and forth on a lot on this choice. I had the Packers there kind of by default with Aaron Rodgers for a long time. And then I've just been thinking about the organization and the the weapons and just everything involved with Green Bay. And I just, I wasn't feeling it. So I kind of 11th hour flipped them and have the Vikings, like you said, Austin, kind of just default winning the division. Like I'm not really thrilled about anything that's going on in Minnesota, but I just feel like they're kind of the best team left with uh when all is said and done so same order as austin vikings packers lions bears all right so um i'm also gonna go with the bears in fourth uh 
I do think I actually think that Matt Nagy is actually probably the best coach in that division. Yeah, that's, that's the true. sad part. Entirely possible. And and a, and a lot of Bears fans start have started to like throw him under the bus, but I I do not agree. I think Nagy's play calling has been for the most part fine. Uh, can, and I, just, can I just, as an aside, Sam, I saw a tweet today from last year's, it must have been from week one, because that was the the Bears opened last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So NFL 100 against the uh, In Packers. that game, in that game, the Bears threw something like 15 or 19 straight plays in the second half or something like that. And people were blasting Matt Nagy. And I was like, I don't see any problem with this other than the fact that his quarterback can't Trubisky, throw, right? It's like, just that you know, like, Trubisky isn't able to, yeah. Yeah, right. it's not. The call's it, that's, good. That's, that's great. The execution. Pass, pass the ball 15 straight times, but your quarterback's just not capable of doing it. Yeah, it's just, it's just sad. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky just doesn't – like he has – that's the weird thing is that Trubisky actually has arm talent, but he just sure. – he just he's just not – smart enough you don't yeah. get drafted second overall without some arm talent but yeah. he, he's he's his intelligence is just not there on the football field um number three i guess i'll go with the lions there's part of there's part of the lions roster that i really really like that i think could give some trouble to some teams that you'd wouldn't expect uh jeff akuda as their fourth over or third overall pick i believe uh he, he's fantastic. He, he's going to be one of the best corners in the league. Uh, and then they've also got Justin Coleman. They got Desmond Trufant. They got a safety duo involving Tracy Walker and probably Deron Harmon, I guess, maybe. Uh, they got our guy, Reggie Raglan, uh, uh, this offseason to be linebacker. I like that. Trey Flowers is obviously really good. They got a solid O-line. I, I, I like the Lions more than most, but I, I think they'll still have to be third by default. Um, I'll say Minnesota in second. Uh, I think Minnesota might have the best roster of the NFC North. I, I'm just not sure. I, I do. I'm not a big fan of uh, Zimmer, and yeah, I that's fair. I, I, I think I think they're going to run the ball more than they should with Dalvin Cook. As good as Dalvin Cook is, the, it's they're so much better off just throwing the ball with Kirk Cousins. He's got Justin Jefferson to throw to. He's got Adam Thielen to throw to. He's got Kyle Rudolph to throw to. But also the offensive line is not is not ideal. But then also that edge defender duo with Yannick Ngakwe and Daniel Hunter might be the best mm, edge defender good. Duo in the league. That Pretty that's nasty. as good as it gets. And, and they also probably have the best safety duo in the league with Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. That's really good. And then number one, I'm going to go with the Packers. I I don't like it, but <laughs> obviously Aaron, Aaron, the analytics uh, groups have been very vocal in saying that Aaron Rodgers is not that great anymore shout out ben baldwin uh, I, 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 shout out ben baldwin <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think i think that's true but i i am thinking that for some reason that aaron Rodgers is gonna have his best year in a while huh. mm, and, interesting uh, a, a little uh, a little non-analytic uh take there just a little uh jordan love a little spite action yeah i i don't know if i want to say that but i i do think <laughs> i do think aaron Rodgers is going to have an improvement i i'm thinking Devonte adams will be will just go off i think adam's gonna have an amazing year and then I think Lazard might be really good as their second wide receiver. Alan Lazard is pretty underrated. Sure. Hmm. So there's our NFC predictions. So that was uh, interesting. We had the same in the South and the East, but some different takes in the West and the North. We're now moving to the AFC. I'm going to start us off in the AFC South with our uh, opponent for week uh-huh, one. The weirdest division first. Okay. That's yeah. Fine. You know, I, right. I, 
I, it's just uh, the one I thought of first. So that's all right. That's we're fine. Starting yeah, there. Sure. Okay. So uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna start at the bottom, and I'm gonna start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who we are, don't. We don't need to talk about them, right? Like we all have the right. Jags in last place. Right. They're like the probably the worst team in the NFL. Yes, they don't have anything. Definitely bottom three. Definitely bottom three in the NFL. Have nothing going for them. Not a lot of talent. They've okay, shipped great. everybody out. They're Jags and four. Lock them in. Let's not talk about them. Anymore. Move past it. Uh, in third place, I have the Fighting Titans. The Titans, um, you know, I think they were kind of lightning in a bottle last year. I'm not really, I'm not really sold on their style of play. I'm not really sold on their talent. I like Derrick Henry a lot, but I also remember what Derrick Henry was like before he broke out. Like he was bad for a while, and then he just became this monster last year. But it's not like I feel like he's going to be the runaway you know, one of the top running backs in the league by default. So I'm going Titans third there. Uh, and that leaves between the Colts and the Texans, another two, one, two that I flip-flopped quite a bit here. Um, Rivers is old and I'm, I'm just, I've seen him fail with a charger uniform too many times and I'm not quite sure putting the horseshoe on there is going to make a whole lot of difference. So I'm going to go Colts second. I still think they've got some talent there and I still, think that they're better than the Titans and Jaguars, but I'm going to give the nod to our week one opponents. I think that the Texans, while they're still a little, um, a little tipsy as far as their leadership goes, and I don't have much confidence in Bill O'Brien, I have extreme confidence in Deshaun Watson, and I think that he's at least got enough to win a division there. So Texans, Colts, Titans, Jaguars. I'm going to also put the Jags in fourth, of course, the that's just not a good. I, I like Gardner Minshew. His his uh, numbers for deep passing are actually really really good. Like he was as good of a deep passer last year as anyone in the league. Nice. Surprisingly enough, he was like a top one or two passer rating on twenty plus yard passes. So Minshew, I really like, but the Jags are just not good enough. Uh, I also have the Titans in third. Um, Tannehill was incredible last year. He was probably a top five quarterback, may, maybe even higher than top five, but I I'm, I'm not buying him into him repeating that the year before he was arguably a bottom five quarterback. Sure. I think he'll go somewhere in the middle there. Uh, and second, I'm going with the Texans. I think that there will definitely be some regression there with the losses of DJ reader and Deandre Hopkins. And just that defense in Houston is not good. It, it's just a bad defense. We, we saw it a lot last year. They, they just, not good enough. They were bottom 10, bottom five in the league last year, I think. Bad defense. And then number one, I got the Colts. Uh, the Colts are a very interesting team. So Phillip Rivers, I know there's a lot of slack that goes against Phillip Rivers in our circles. <laughs> and I understand it. But I also look at the recent offensive lines that Phillip Rivers had to deal with. And if we buy into the PFF numbers for Pass Which blocking. we do. Yeah. Uh, the last three years, the Chargers were among the worst offensive lines in all of football. Last year, they ranked 31st in pass blocking. The year before that, when they won, when they tied us at 13 and three in the division, they are 12 and four, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, they finished 30th in pass blocking. Whoops. And the year before that, they finished 29th in pass blocking. So Phillip Rivers, every recent year as a Charger, has dealt with as bad of an offensive line as any in the league. And now he's good thing. He's so mobile, right? <laughs> but now 
he goes to arguably the best offensive line in the league. And I think hmm. that is going to be massive for Phillip Rivers. He also has T.Y. Hilton to throw to. He has Michael Pittman Jr. to throw to. I really like Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, and then the defense is actually really interesting. They brought in DeForest Buckner. They still have Justin Houston. Uh, they still have Darius Leonard. They brought in Julian Blackman. I like Julian Blackman. They brought in Xavier Rhodes, who he's had some rough years recently, but I think he could have a bounce back. You got Rocky Sin, who was a draft favorite uh, of a lot of people in the Chiefs community. I, I, I like the Colts. I'm going with them first. Well, this is a good, fun, spicy division. I'm glad we started with this one because I have a completely different take from either of you, and you guys are both wrong. <laughs> the The Jags are obviously in last. We don't have to spend any more energy on them. I have the Texans in third place. Ooh. I think the Texans are not that great. I think they're fine, and I think that they, I mean, they've won the division a number of years in a row, essentially, you know, going nine and seven or 10 and six every year and edging out their mediocre competition. I think they did manage 11 wins one year, but they're not a very good team. And, and I don't think, I mean, this year they're going to be playing a first place schedule. They obviously, they play the chiefs. They have that. They have to play the Ravens. I think they're going to have some difficulty with the schedule. I think, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson just got paid. We all love Deshaun Watson. We'll dive into the Texans more later in the show. Obviously I have them in third place. I have the Colts in second place. I agree with a lot of what Sam said. Good roster. I think Philip Rivers is going to be fine. Uh, I think he's going to be good enough to probably captain them to a playoff berth. We'll get to that in a second. I do think they probably make it as a wild card. But I have the Titans in first place. And I I understand the Titans have a lot of red flags in terms of possible regression. Obviously, Tannehill playing at a, an unsustainably great level for somebody named Brian Tannehill for most of last season, Derrick Henry, same kind of deal, you know, not really showing out until, you know, Tannehill became the quarterback and they started using play action more. But honestly, I think that offense is pretty well designed. I think, uh, I think the Jadeveon Clowney addition is huge for them. I think that defense is really has the potential to be very good. And I think the offense has the ability to be good enough. I think, just given that they went the furthest in the playoffs last year too, I think there's, I don't know, this is a non-analytic reason. I just think they like some of the other teams in the league that I feel good about. I think that they're just moving in the right direction. I think I have a lot of trust in the, the people making decisions in that organization, even though I maybe wouldn't have gone in the same direction they did with Tannehill. I think, the deal they gave out to Henry was pretty reasonable. And I think he will play well this year. So I have them in first place and then Colts, Texans and the Jags in last going to the AFC East. Since it's me again, this is where I thought you would begin because you know, East to West, you know, right to left, whatever. Uh, it's fine though. Right I have to the left. Patriot- yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the East, <laughs> East to West, I feel like is the natural progression of things, but that's completely fine. Okay. I had the jets in last place. I, the jets are a pit of despair. I mean, <laughs> I, we did, we did say, I said Jags that were seeming the NFL and I I'm glad Sam that you put the caveat bottom three, because I, the jets are definitely in contention for the worst team in the NFL, right? Like, yeah, I, I 
despite his draft pedigree, is Sam Darnold going to have a better year than Gardner Minshew? I don't know. He has worse weapons. He, he's on a worse offense than the Jags have, which is insane <laughs> because the Jags have tried to trade away like all of their good players. Like they have no wide receivers. Their wide receivers are a total joke. Their running backs are a joke. Their offensive line is okay. And, you know, do we think Sam Darnold under Adam Gase is going to flourish in that offense? I don't. Their defense is okay, but I just, they're, that's a team that I just, I don't understand what they're doing. I can't understand why anyone would have given Adam Gase a job to begin with, but I don't understand how he's coming back for a second year. Did you guys see this quote the other day where they like haven't been meeting in person really at all and for like their position group meetings and everything. And one of the reasons for that, that was stated in the article that came out in the post or whatever, one of the New York papers was that Adam Gase prefers not to have in-person contact with his players. (laughs) Yeah. Which is insane. I, I, I yeah. mean, like, listen, I'm like a, an introverted person and whatever, but I don't run a football team. I'm not a head football coach. Like that is so Adam Gase and it's so insane. I just like, they, they might, <laughs> I know I said the Jags are the worst team in the NFL. It actually might be the Jets. Okay. So I have the Dolphins ahead of them because wow, the Dolphins may not have more talent than the Jets. They might. They actually probably do. But they clearly have much better leadership in place. So I have to give them the nod for third place. In second place, I have the Buffalo Bills. Sue me. I'm picking the Patriots to win the division again. I I don't like it, but I think the Bills are going to be held back by their quarterback. I don't believe in Josh Allen. I never have from the time that he was, you know, throwing for under 50% completion in high school up through, you know, second team, all mountain West. I just have not ever been a big believer of second team, all mountain West, Josh (laughs) Allen. Okay. I I just, that was on the tweet that the bills put out when they drafted him. It was like, that was one of his accolades. And I was like, fired up about this is, this is not good. This is not good. Like like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I get drafting a quarterback from a smaller conference, but like he better be first team all mountain West, right? Like who was the um, quarterback that you didn't draft from the mountain West? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't really believe in the bills and that leaves me with the Patriots and yes, their entire defense opted out. <laughs> yes. They're old ish, but they still have Belichick. And I think, I mean, I think Cam Newton's going to be pretty good. And I think, I mean, if cam is, if cam is like 80% of cam, the last time we saw him when he was healthy, he was playing pretty well. Yeah. And I think Cam and Josh McDaniels as as big of a douchebag as Josh McDaniels is and as as big of a flop as he was as a head coach. He's a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think the Patriots are going to it's going to be a weird season for them and I don't think this division's very good. I think maybe 10 wins takes it, but I'm going to take the Patriots in first, then the Bills, Dolphins and Jets. So, fourth, I I will go with the Jets. Um yeah, I I'm not a fan of what I see with the Jets here. Uh, the D, the, I, I like some pieces in the secondary, even with the loss of Jamal Adams. They still got Ashton Davis, who looked really good at Cal. Uh, he he made Justin Herbert look pretty rough in a in a Cal Oregon game. Uh, and Pierre Desir, Marcus May, Bradley McDougal, or Kansas Jayhawk guy. Yeah, but rock uh, chalk. But I. Yeah, this is that's not bad football team. Don't like it. Uh third we have the Dolphins. Uh they got Ryan Fitzpatrick starting uh over Tua, but I think Tua will eventually maybe take over. But I I I really like Tua. I'm a huge fan of Tua. 
Uh, right, he's got Devontae Parker to throw to. I, I think Mike Sicki could be pretty good eventually, ho- hopefully this year. Um, and then they got an incredible corner duo with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. That that's that's as good as it gets for corner duos in the entire NFL. Um, in second, I'm going to go with the Patriots. I, I like Cam more than Josh Allen, but yeah, the, some of the opt-outs are rough for them. Lose lose Mark, Marcus Cannon at tackle, lose Patrick Chung at safety, and Dante Hightower at linebacker. Those are some bad losses. Even their their secondary is still great with Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Jones, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty. Those are some great players. Their front, their uh, D line and linebackers though are pretty rough to look at, and they still got no one to throw to. So. Patriots in second and then despite how bad Josh Allen is and he is very bad the Buffalo Bills, team on Mountain West the Buffalo Bills will finish in first in the AFC East with Stefan Diggs joining the wide receiver group with John Brown and Cole Beasley uh, they, they still got a uh, Trey White of course he just got his big deal Micah Hyde is a great safety. Jordan Poyer is a great safety. They, they, they got enough defensive talent that uh, I think they'll be able to carry Josh Allen to first place in the AFC East. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i on the same page as you, Sam. I have Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. I feel that the Jets are, as we said, just absolutely awful and are going to maintain that for it looks like quite a while because they just don't have any type of leadership in place from the GM on down. And then I do really like what the Dolphins are doing. Uh, I like Flores. I like Tua, even though they're going to start with Fitz, who I also like. But um, I think that they're the foundation for the Dolphins is set. They might not be ready this year, but they're definitely their future is pretty bright. Um, and then the Pats are really interesting to me. I think that they might they might just succumb to the release of like, all right, we don't have Tom Brady anymore. We don't have to be the best team in football every single time we step on the field. Like, I feel like it's almost like a weight off their shoulders that they're like, we can just go out there and play football and not be the, you know, the spotlight attention of the universe. And I think that they're, they're going to have some growing pains and they're going to take some lumps this year. And they're probably going to, hit some losing streaks that they haven't hit in 20 years. And they're probably going to do some stuff, you know, screw some stuff up in ways that they haven't before. And it's going to lead to a still second place finish, um, but not nearly the new England Patriots that we've seen recently. And that also just kind of leaves the bills sitting there like, all right, I guess if no one wants to win the division, we'll go ahead and do it. I am right there with you guys that I don't find Josh Allen to be a very good quarterback at all. um, And that's based on, not just gut feelings. That's that's all, everything that people have analyzed about his game that just said that he's out there, but like he's not doing much. And um, I do like the addition of Diggs to at least give him a, a safety valve to kind of chuck it. At least Diggs is down there somewhere. Uh, but I just don't. I, they're going to win the East probably, but it, I don't feel great about it, and I'm sure they will get bounced early in the playoffs. So that is – our AFC East recap. I agreed with Sam Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. Austin had Pats, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. Uh, we will now move on to the AFC North. And the North is really fun. It's got four teams that I'm really, really interested in. Yeah, they're all interesting this year for yeah, once. There, there are stories there. There's a lot of, you know, like I'll be I'll be very, very curious to see how the North shakes out. And my gut feeling here 
is probably a little surprise more at the bottom than the top. I have got the Cleveland Browns in fourth place. Mm, and I know that the Bengals were just the worst team in football last year. Um, I just, I, I just can't look at that Browns team and see a winner yet. I just can't do it. I, I know they've got Baker and Odell and some nice pieces, but they're just, they're just dysfunctional. And, and I don't see that really it's, this is going to be more about the three teams ahead of them than it will be the Browns, but I don't really see them taking any significant steps forward this year. I think Baker started off hot and then was cool last year. And it's hard to say which one he is. So he will have a lot to prove this year, Um, but I've got the Browns in fourth. And then that does mean that I have the Bengals in a little bit of a step forward. Actually, most people would consider quite a large step forward to not be last in this division. I've got him slotting in third. I'm a big Joe Burrow believer. I think that he's got NFL stud written all over him. Um, I really, really like a lot of their additions that they've made. T Higgins obviously um, is going to grow up with Joe and be a good duo there for a long time. I'm really interested in AJ Green, um, not only because I have him in a couple fantasy leagues as a as a lottery ticket, but he was just so dynamic and good when he was healthy. And now that he's been away from you know recovering for a while, and now that he's back, if he's AJ Green, if he's like legit back to all you know super all world AJ Green, then they've got a real shot to go out there and and score with some people. I'm not sure they have the defensive talent there, although they're getting better there. Um, so I've got the Bengals at least taking a step in the right direction and getting third. And then a lot of people are high on the Steelers this year. I, although I've got them in second, so I guess that sounds like I'm high on them. I'm not really super sure what to think about the Steelers. They haven't had that elite talent since Bell and Brown have exited Pittsburgh. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger is obviously getting up there in age, but, um, I do like a lot of their pieces too. I think Juju's good. And I think that James Conner has a lot to prove this year to see whether he is, was a flash in the pan or can kind of stick around for a little bit. And, uh, you know, they've, I love Minka. Minka is a really, really, really nice player. And I think that he has made their defense take a huge step forward. Uh, I won't really talk about Steven Nelson very much. I'll just say that, um, I've got the Steelers in second, and then I have the reigning unanimous MVP Baltimore Ravens in first. Um, Not much to say about them that we haven't already covered a million times. Uh, They play football in a really unique way, and they're a really hard matchup for a lot of teams. Um, I do think Lamar continues his, you know, he's going to still be really, really, really good. I don't know if he's going to win the MVP again, because there'll be a guy in Kansas city that'll have something to say about that, but he is really good. And I think the Ravens have enough pieces there to take first. So I've got Ravens, Stillers, Bengals, Browns. All right. So this is going to be the hottest take and this could age, this could age poorly, but this could age really well as well. (laughs) Um, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers in fourth. Ooh, right. okay. Um, so Ben Roethlisberger, uh, the last season that he played healthy, he like he, his his yards and touchdowns were pretty good, but I think he also led the league in interceptions. His uh, PFF tracks like some really complex ball placement accuracy type stuff in their amazing QB annual, and. Roethlisberger was pretty low uh, in this in the rankings for ball placement, uh, so I, I I think Roethlisberger is totally washed at this point personally, um, and 
that's that's even admitting that they have arguably the best defense in the NFL. But I think Roethlisberger is actually going to hold them back a lot this year. Um, Interesting. In third, I got the Browns. I love this. Uh, I like the Browns. I I think Baker's going to be much better than he was last year. And of course, they got Odell. They got Landry, uh, Austin Hooper. They added as well. These are some really good weapons for Baker to throw to. Uh, offensive line improved, adding J- Jack Conklin, who did really well with the Titans last year. And then they got Jedrick Wills pretty high in the draft as well. So they got two good tackles now too. I think that the Browns are going to be in, improved last uh, this year oh, from their 6-10, and 10, but maybe still just to like 8-8 eight and eight or so, somewhere around there. That's a win for the Browns for sure. It, it is. But in second place, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. I am as big of a believer in Joe Burrow as basically anyone. He he's he's still got weapons to throw to now. Not quite at tight end, but they still got Tyler Boyd. They got AJ Green. They got T Higgins. John Ross. If he can just <laughs> get it together, I'd love to see that. They uh, they can bring in Jonah Williams, who they drafted pretty high in the draft. He could be a good tackle for him, hopefully, or may, maybe guard. They there's talk of maybe moving him inside, but yeah. And and then the defense. I think they added a lot of defensive talent. So they still have Geno Atkins. They still have Carl Lawson. Uh, and they have Carlos Dunlap as well. But they added DJ Reader. They added Akeem Davis Gaither. They added Josh Bynes, Logan Wilson. Those are some pretty good uh, linebacker additions. They still got uh, Jesse Bates safety. I really like Jesse Bates. William Jackson, uh, corner. I, I, I like the Bengals, what they got on defense personally. And then in first, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Kind of self-explanatory. They're, they're, they're the second best team in football. Yeah, not much to say about the Ravens. I have them in first place as well. I have the Browns in second place, which uh, is a little bit higher than either of you. I I like what the Browns are doing. I've spoken with the other teams that we've talked about, uh, about valuing cohesion. And I think they've really done a good job of getting everybody in the front office and in the coaching staff on the same page, which I think is is pretty valuable. I think, I mean... You see it, obviously, with the Chiefs, with Brett Beach and Andy Reid. And, you know, Andy has his system. You know, he's got Spags on the defensive side. They have an idea of what they want. And then the GM is in charge of going out and getting that. And I think Andrew Barry did a really good job, their new GM in Cleveland, of going out and getting players that fit what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. And that includes, obviously, Hooper. They convinced uh, Njoku to stay. He had requested a trade. So two very talented tight ends there. And that's something that Baker really excelled in in his rookie year with the two tight end sets kind of the heavier personnel I think a return to that on offense is going to be really good for them and I think they have a pretty good defense although they've had some injuries kind of in the secondary that maybe are throwing a little bit of doubt on that but I think I think they do have the pieces to make a run at second place I'm going to have them as a playoff team spoiler alert I have the Steelers in third place and the Bengals in last I don't know that I feel great about that positioning because I like both of you am pretty high on Joe Burrow, and I do think he has the offensive weapons to be able to come in and light it up in his first year. And he's older as well. I mean, we're talking about a guy that um, that is coming into the league. I mean, he's not 20 or 21 years old. He's, he's pretty old for a rookie, mm-hmm. which in this case, I think maybe – helps him a little bit. He's got a little bit more life experience and a little, little more rep experience, a little bit more playing time than maybe a guy coming in who would be a little bit younger. It just is, it's going to be tough, obviously, with this goofy offseason. He's the only guy, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the only guy that we know for sure that's starting a quarterback as a rookie in week one. Yeah, we don't know about Herbert, two is not. 
Yeah. So I, I don't think Herbert is. I think it's yeah. Tyrod. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's going to be the only rookie quarterback starting. And so, I mean, that's obviously it's a huge X factor. It, it sounds like what I've heard from training camp that he's he's been playing really well and doing really well. But you just really don't know. It's so strange to think about him taking his first live action in an NFL game is going to be in week one. Yeah, good um, point. I mean, it just is no preseason. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to imagine him being super successful, that being the case, but you never know. I, he obviously is what he did at LSU last year is unbelievable. It's the best, probably the best college football quarterbacking season we've ever seen. So if anybody can do it, it's probably Joe Burrow, but I have the Steelers in third, just because I think defensively they have all the horses. I completely get where Sam is coming from with Roethlisberger. You know, we haven't seen him healthy, obviously in a year he's old, and he's coming off a pretty major injury and he's never been extremely fit. You know, like it just is, there's a lot of ways that that could go wrong and their backup quarterback situation still sucks. Uh, by the way, <laughs> uh, former Broncos quarterback Paxton Lynch tried to crack this quarterback rotation, oh, no. which last year was Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Uh, those were the backups and Paxton Lynch could not beat either of those guys out for a spot on the roster or the practice squad. So they even cut duck. Yeah. yeah they, they cut duck. yeah. ducks on the practice squad, but they got, they got Dobbs in now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they have Dobbs as well. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about Dobbs. So they've got Dobbs, Rudolph and duck that all made it over Paxton Lynch. Um, so good pick there, John Elway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that takes us to, of course, the AFC West, our final division, I obviously we're all picking the chiefs first. We don't need to talk about how great the chiefs are because that's the whole point of this podcast, but I have Raiders in last chargers in third Broncos in second. I think the Broncos have the, the best overall collection of talent outside of the chiefs. I think that the chargers have the best defense on paper, although losing Derwin James is obviously a huge blow for them. They just don't have, I just don't trust their quarterback situation at all, whether it be Tyrod, whether it be Herbert. I don't, I don't think that offensively they're going to make a whole lot of noise with the Broncos. I don't think offensively they're going to make a whole lot of noise either. I don't really have a huge amount of faith in Drew Locke, but they certainly have assembled a lot of pieces around him. And then the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders proved this last week with their goofy Lynn Bowden junior trade, where they essentially traded a third round pick for a future fourth. They traded a third and a sixth for a 2021 fourth. Uh, they don't really know what they're doing. No. And I I think that's pretty abundantly clear. The best quarterback on their roster was Marcus Mariota, and he's now on injured reserve. So, you know, uh, sucks to suck, but I have the Raiders in last place. <laughs> um, okay. So I have the Chargers in fourth. I, I, I don't like to say it. I think the Chargers have some talent there to work with, but. I yeah I I don't necessarily believe in Tyrod or Herbert and the off yeah I don't see much with the offensive line still they, they they added Chris Harris Jr. that's really good I I I love that addition of Chris Harris Jr. to go with uh to go Casey Hayward and Desmond King that's great but nah I I'm gonna stick with the Chargers in fourth I'm gonna go with the Raiders in third even though I think that. Personally, Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in the AFC West. It's just a low bar. It, there's not much talent. It's an extremely low bar. Yeah. There, there's not much talent besides Mahomes at quarterback in the division. But I'd say Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in the division. That's probably accurate. But I think he's going to I think he's going to fail Henry Ruggs in some ways with uh, Ruggs' talent. And he's just not going to 
get him the ball as much and as well as he should. I like some of the defensive pieces I see on the Raiders. I, I like Jonathan Abram. Uh, Damon Arnett is fine. Uh, uh, they added Corey Littleton, linebacker. That's really good addition, but I, I'm going to stick with the Raiders uh, in third. I'm going to go with the Broncos in second, even though I think Carr is better than Locke. I think Locke, with his arm talent, can help uh, with the wide receivers. Uh, they got Sutton. They got Judy. They got Hamler. That's an amazing trio of young talent at wide receiver. They added Natani Muti, who is one of my favorites in the draft. Uh, he, he'll be at guard maybe with Dalton Reisner. Maybe, maybe he doesn't start. Maybe Glasgow starts over him. But uh, then defense, they added Drill Casey from Tennessee. For free, basically, which yeah. was very annoying. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Tennessee. Yeah, stupid. Uh, Chubb and Miller, of course, at edge. They uh, they got A.J. Boye. Uh, and Justin Simmons might be the best safety in football. He's up there. So uh, the addition Good job, John Elway, not paying him this year because yeah. now Buda Baker's gotten paid and Justin Simmons is going to want more than that. So, you know, we appreciate that. Thanks, John. That's the John Elway triple strike. Yeah, it sure is. So, yeah, I, I like the boy and Callahan additions at corner, but yeah, I, obviously the Chiefs are in first. That's that's self-explanatory. And finally, um, I've got the Chargers in fourth also because of the quarterback situation. I'm just not quite sure, especially with losing Derwin James. Um, I, Ugh. you know, Anthony Lynn is is fine. Um, he doesn't really inspire me that he's going to make more out of that roster than what's there. So is he the second best coach in the AFC yeah. West? Yeah, I think he is. Do you, um, do you think? I think I think John Gruden, while he has the most experience, is a bozo. And I think <laughs> Fangio is, is a boomer. I mean, it's yeah, just, they're not, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not a good situation for the non chiefs coaches in the West. So it definitely is not chargers in fourth. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping for my fantasy teams that Austin Eckler gets a lot of, a lot of work, but um, that's really the only reason I'll be watching them. Uh, in third, I also have the Las Vegas Raiders, which is so weird to say. Um, I think Chucky doesn't really know what he's doing and I think Carr sucks and I think that they are going to have too much change this year in a year that things should be as normal as, as they can expect. So, um, I've got them in third and at a bit of a surprise, I have the chiefs in second in the West. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I've got the good. Broncos there. Um, obviously I think that, um, yeah, Drew Locke is interesting. He, he certainly has the best potential of the four starters. I mean, of the three other starters in the AFC West, but I just, I'm not sure if he can get it done and they have nice pieces. They'll win some games. They'll beat some teams that, um, you know, that will be nice wins for the Broncos. They're not going to be able to catch up with the chiefs as we will, uh, established shortly with our schedule preview, but um, yeah, the Broncos are fine. So that is our uh, division finish predictions for all eight divisions in football. If you've stuck with us through all of that, thank you. We appreciate that. This was reminiscent of the time that we <laughs> recapped all the, the offseason moves, all the quarterback situations. Every time we go through all 32 teams, it takes an hour. And we and talked about Tim Boyle for like yeah. six minutes. Man, Tim Packers Boyle fans still quarterback remember Tim that. Boyle. We got so yeah. many How unfollows because he he got crushed. I just uh, yeah yeah poor, poor, poor Tim Boyle. So now we will quickly recap our seven 
seeds for the playoffs for each division or for each conference. I'm just going to run down my list of one through seven for each one. Uh, we've already talked about all these teams. So sure. Yeah, go for it. Uh, in the NFC, I've got Saints one, Vikings two, Cowboys three, Cardinals four. Those are my four division winners. I have Tom Brady's Bucks, followed by the Packers, followed by the defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. Saints, Vikings, Cowboys, Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Niners. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Saints at one. I'll put the Seahawks at two, the Packers at three. The Cowboys at four, Vikings at five. Well, no, I'll go with the Bucks at five, Vikings at six, and Cardinals at seven. I have Saints and Niners as the, well, I was going to say one and two seed, but actually <laughs> there's only nope. a one seed now. Right. So Saints is the one seed, and then Niners, Cowboys, Vikings, those are my four division winners. Then Bucks, Eagles, and Seahawks as my three wildcard teams, which is weird to say. All right, so then the AFC. flipping over to the AFC, Chiefs is the one, obviously. Obby. And then Ravens, Patriots, Titans. Those are my division winners. Chiefs, Ravens, Patriots, Titans. And then Bills, Colts, and Browns is my wildcard teams, which is a little bit funky. Wow. Two, two teams from the East, two teams from the South which I think are, or excuse me, uh, two teams from the East, two teams from the South, and two teams from the North, I guess. Yeah, no, that, that math checks oh, out. and one yep. from the West. Yeah. Yep, I mean, yep, right. that's that's the math. Right. Uh, that seventh playoff team is going to throw me for a loop forever until <laughs> right. we have eight playoff teams, and then everything will sort of start to make sense again. Right. But yeah, uh, I think two playoff teams from all of the divisions except for the West. So Bills, Colts, Browns is my wildcard teams. Uh, Chiefs at one, Ravens at two. We'll go with the Bills at three. Colts at four, Texans five, Patriots six. I guess I'll go with Cincinnati at seven. Ooh, yeah. Joe Burrow in the (laughs) playoffs. Sure. I love it. And I will wrap it up with Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Texans. Those are my four division winners, followed by Steelers, Colts, and Cam's Patriots. So now that we have recapped the whole NFL, we're going to move on to the Chiefs schedule. We're going to go game by game, give you a sentence or so about each game and our Chiefs win-loss predictions. So I'm just going to start us off. We're going to go the same order, uh, me, Sam Austin, then Austin, Sam, me. Uh, For the Texans game, which we're going to get into here in a little bit, I see the Chiefs rolling with a dub. I I think the Chiefs, uh, once again, make the Texans' defense look silly. Chiefs win by three scores. I also have the Chiefs winning this one pretty comfortably. We'll get into the game preview, but I am going to take the Chiefs by a couple scores as well. Week two, the Chiefs are going to be playing at the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. I am going to take the Chiefs in that game as well. I think that one will be a pretty comfortable win for the Chiefs also, probably by a couple of scores as well. Take the Chiefs over the Chargers. Sam, your prediction for week two? Uh, I I think this is a a moment where the defensive line just absolutely disrupts, and I believe that the Chiefs are going to make Tyrod have a miserable day. Chiefs by Chiefs big. Nice. Love it. Um, I also think the Chiefs will have no trouble in Los Angeles, much like they haven't recently in Mahomes' first uh, regular season game of 2018. Um, They're just, they're they're comfortable there. And there's really not much to say other than big Chiefs win. The one that everyone's looking forward to is the Monday night showdown in week three against the Ravens. Um, 
you know, Pat Mahomes is no better than when the lights shine the brightest. And although I think it's going to be a very difficult game for the Chiefs, I see them squeaking one out in Baltimore. I'm going to give Baltimore this one, I think. I I hate it so much, but I I think that Baltimore will find a way through the running with uh, Lamar Jackson. I think he'll just be able to to find the holes he needs to. And I think, uh, finally beat Pat in his third try, huh? I, I, I think it's third times the charm, uh, and the chiefs will go two and one. I'm going to take the Ravens in this game also, uh, just because I think the chiefs being a little shorthanded in this game without, uh, Bashad Breland and who knows, hopefully they will be healthy coming into this game. I'm going to give this one to the Ravens in a close one, but we will see them again. I'm sure. Week four, we have the New England Patriots coming to Arrowhead uh, for the first time since the Monday night massacre. I have the Chiefs again beating the Patriots. I don't think it will be, you know, 41 to 13 like it was last time. But I do think the Chiefs win at least by a touchdown in this game. Although it's always fun to see uh, Belichick against Mahomes. I think it'll be a fun game. But I do think the Chiefs win fairly comfortably. I I think the Camel... Uh, have a, a, a solid game, but I think Mahomes is really going to go off in this one. Even despite the defense they're playing, I, I think that with the, the, the front that the Patriots have is still like not good enough. They have a lot of guys missing. Donta Hightower, I believe, had an interception on Mahomes uh, in one of the last t- couple times they played against the Patriots, and Hightower not being there, that might hurt. That's uh, a less intelligent group of linebackers, I suppose. Uh, I, I think Chiefs win by two or three scores. Yeah, Hightower picked him off the first interception in 2018, I believe, where he just sunk into coverage. Yeah. Mahomes never Didn't saw him it. and threw it over the middle. Yeah, yep. that was Hightower, I believe, if yep. memory serves. It was. Um, I think the Ravens game will have a lot to say about how the Chiefs play in this one. Um, I just kind of feel like if they are absolutely – expended with everything that they've got in that Monday night game and a short turnaround against the Patriots. I think their chances drop uh, a little bit. And then if it's pretty comfortable against the Ravens, then I think they're firing on all cylinders and can't, you know, get out of the way of this team. So um, that being said, I think either way they pull off the win, it's going to be close if the Ravens game was tough and it's going to be a blowout if the Ravens game was easy. So that's week four. Uh, rolling into week five, a Sunday noon matchup at home against the Raiders has always been the salve that the chiefs need anytime that, you know, (laughs) anytime they need a breather, they need to, you know, relax on the NFL season Raiders come to town and everything is right in the world. I think this is going to be a laugher as it usually is. Yeah. I'm going to go chiefs by like four or five scores. I'll say chiefs by like 31. Love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be unanimous from all of us. This is the the part of the schedule where after the first four pretty tough games, the Chiefs sort of hit a little bit of a lull in their schedule, starting with, of course, the Raiders. Chiefs are going to win this one big. Then they have to go on a short week to Buffalo on Thursday night football, which sucks because I feel like if you win the Super Bowl, you know, every team has to play at least once on Thursday night football. And I think yeah. exactly once is how it's supposed to go. So, Really, if you win the Super Bowl, I feel like you should only have to play on the Thursday opening night, and then you shouldn't have to play on a short schedule the whole season. Like That would be a cool yeah. reward for winning the Super Bowl. Agreed. Unfortunately, that's not the case. The Chiefs have to play another Thursday night matchup where it actually is short rest because it's not the opener. And they have to go to Buffalo, which is a tough place to play. 
I am going to give the Chiefs the win in this one, though. I think it'll be a close game. Obviously, that's a tough defense to prepare for and could be, with it being you know mid-October, could be a challenging environment to play in. I mean, there could be some weather at play there for sure, but I think the Chiefs pull it out uh, in a close one. Uh, it, could this be where the uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes throw-off competition might happen? <laughs> I, I, I want to see that on like the Wednesday, maybe, if, if they could get that the day before and just televise that. Yeah, like, they're in the same great. city. Might as well. That'd be fantastic, but uh, I, I think Josh Allen might look good in that throw-off, but he's not going to look good in the game. I think Josh Allen probably throws two or three picks, and the Chiefs win by 10. I like that. I think that Allen's going to be facing a lot more pressure, much like Trubisky did when the Chiefs played the Bears last year. I think that when these young quarterbacks go up against Mahomes and they think you know, that they've got to show that he's not the only guy in town, you know, I mean, they just kind of succumb to the moment a little bit. And I think Allen's going to do uh, something similar. So I've got the Chiefs winning mostly on the performance of the defense instead of blowing out a pretty good Bills defense. So uh, that would be the Thursday night game. And then they have 10 days to (laughs) prepare to go two mile high, the spot where Mahomes knee um, I couldn't even get that sentence out without shuddering. So yeah, it popped out, it popped out of his leg. <laughs> yeah, my knee was on the side of my leg. Uh, so I think that you give this Chiefs team ten days against the division opponent, and those are two things that they excel at. And this will be no different. I think Pat's going to want to go in there and play the first first place that he played in his NFL career, and he's going to play spectacularly. And the Chiefs are going to blow out the Broncos. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Mahomes will have a, have a, this, this might be where Mahomes best game of the season at this yeah. point happens. I think sure. at Denver, I think he might do even better than the Raiders game. Uh, again, at Denver, I'm going to say Mahomes goes off and chiefs win by 24. I agree that this is a chiefs win. I don't know how much it will be by, but I do think that Mahomes, I mean, you know, there's so many, when you're a a pro athlete at the height that he has reached, you're always looking for ways to find extra motivation, extra slights. And while I don't think that there was anything, I don't know that there was any ill intent behind the play that got him injured. I do think that him being injured in that stadium is something that he can use as fuel and motivation. And I do think that he just comes out and completely tortures the Broncos. They have 10 days to prepare for this. And, you know, October at mile high, it probably will be a nice, cool evening, but it probably won't be, you know, it won't probably be a blizzard or anything like that yet. We'll see. But I think he comes out and tortures the Broncos. And then it's crazy. It's crazy that his first three games in Mile High were all so memorable. He had his debut, and different, and then he had the lefty and the comeback and the Monday night on uh, Monday night um, football, and then the injury. Like they've just all been significant moments in his NFL career have all occurred in Denver. Yep, it's just, uh, it's just fun. It's he's three and zero. He's never lost there, and I don't think it starts this year. So. Uh, week eight, the Chiefs are playing the New York Jets at home. And so the Chiefs are going to win that game in a blowout. It's so funny going back and looking at the schedule now, you know, that we have the perspective of being so close to the season. Uh, these next two weeks against the Jets and the Panthers at home in Arrowhead, those were games that like, you know, I mean, felt like those were going to be pretty convincing wins, you know, when the schedule was released back in April, but now feel like, 
stone cold locks a chiefs by a hundred in this game. <laughs> I interestingly enough think that Mahomes might actually have some, uh, some stumbles in this game. It's it. There's, there's always just a game every year where you feel like inexplicably for no reason, there's going to be some stumbles and you can't explain it, but it just happens. This might be the one, but I still think the chiefs win by 10 or 14. Okay. Um, I do not think that the Chiefs have any trouble with the Jets. I think there are much bigger fish to fry on this schedule, and they will put them down early and often and run away and make Adam Gase's eyes pop all over the place watching the ball fly around. And then the next week, uh, much of the same. Again, it's another home game. It's against another um, likely fourth-place team in the Carolina Panthers. Rebuilding team whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or if by week eight they have, or by week nine, they have gone on to someone else or whatever. I mean, the Panthers are, um, they just don't have enough firepower to stay with the chiefs this year. So I'm going to say about as easy of a win as the jets, the chiefs are going to be in cruise control by this point. And in this one, I think the chiefs are going, or Mahomes specifically is going to have a little bit of a rebound to where he underperforms against the jets. And then he just smokes the Panthers bad. Yeah. I think the chiefs are going to win this one easily. Then they roll into a bye week in week 10 and then travel to the Raiders. So their division road games against the chargers Broncos and Raiders all are going to be with extended preparation time. They get 10 days after Thursday night football to travel to Los Angeles. They get 10 days after Thursday night football against the bills to travel to the Broncos. And then they get the bye week before they have to travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders on Sunday night football too. So a little bit extra rest. I think just like the previous two games, I think the Chiefs win this one easily. Uh, this is a division, obviously, the Chiefs have completely dominated. I don't think that changes this year. I think they go to Vegas, their Vegas debut. I think they win by uh, several scores. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very interested to see the the first game for the Chiefs in Vegas. I, I think Mahomes will once again light it up and Chiefs by four scores again. I honestly think this game might get flexed out of primetime. And because by this point in week 11, the Chiefs are going to be running away with things. The Raiders are probably going to be floundering. And there will probably be another uh, matchup there that the NFL likes better than that. Because this will be a laugher. This is not going to be anything that anyone outside of Kansas City is going to want to view. Unless you have Chiefs on your fantasy football teams. Chiefs by a million Uh, And then a really, really intriguing one the following week, which I think getting rid of a primetime game in week 11 will allow the Chiefs to be flexed into primetime in week 12 against the Bucs. I know none of that really matters a whole lot, but I've been thinking about how the NFL could possibly let Bucs and Chiefs go on Sunday at 325. It just seems asinine to me. So I think they're going to be flexed into Sunday night football there. And it's really, really difficult to say in this game, uh, it's going to be a Super Bowl preview in the same stadium uh, against the same two teams, in my opinion. And I think that Mahomes is going to get the better of Tom Brady here. Uh, It's going to be probably the closest game of the year for the chiefs, but I see them squeaking one out. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give this one to the chiefs. It's going to be very close. It'll be very tough game. I don't know how uh, these guys are going to defend Evans and Godwin. (laughs) It's such a tough duo to guard. And uh, I, I, I'm going to say chiefs by 
three. I think the I think the Chiefs win this game, but it's hard to predict because we don't know anything about the Bucks mm-hmm. other than that they have a very talented roster. But this game is being played three months from now, and it's an older team, obviously, with the quarterback, especially the quarterback's 43 years old. You know, you don't know exactly what could happen there. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, but I don't feel comfortable predicting much more at this point in time. The good news is the Chiefs come <laughs> off of that game and return home to face the Broncos on December 6th at Arrowhead. That's going to be, obviously, another win for the Chiefs. The Broncos have not played well at Arrowhead the last several years, nor have any of our division foes, except the Chargers did sneak one win there. But they're not going to have a chance in this game. This is now getting into December at Arrowhead. Obviously, the crowd isn't going to be what it typically is, but we remember the Broncos coming to Arrowhead in December last year, and what a laugher that was. Gave us uh, Mahomes looking like Lamar, singing Feliz Navidad. It was, uh, it was a great time. And I have no reason to think that this will be any different. Uh, Chiefs over Broncos for sure in week 13. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, this is another Sunday night game currently. But I, I looking at that week's schedule, I'd say probably Eagles, Packers, or Saints, Falcons comes in maybe there for Sunday night and the uh, game time changes. I'll say the Chiefs, another comfortable win. Uh, we'll go by 24. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos have the firepower to come into Arrowhead, especially um, late in the year when the Chiefs are gelling and they've got you know everybody firing on all cylinders, assuming no injuries or anything like that. Um, I think the Chiefs roll the Broncos. That's a Sunday night football game in Week 13, and there's just nothing in me that sees them able to lose that game. Uh, the following week, a um, bit of a break, they travel to Miami to the site of their Super Bowl 54 victory where they mm. take on uh, probably to attack of Iloa and the Dolphins by that point and don't see any reason why the Chiefs don't take care of business there either. As we covered in our uh, previews, the Dolphins are fine, but they're not in the Chiefs ballpark at all. Yeah, um, obviously the corner duo in Miami is fantastic, as we mentioned before, and Fitzpatrick or Tua, either one will be really fun to watch. Fitzpatrick is obviously hero last year for us, and Tua is really talented. I want to see – I'd like to see Tua, but Fitzpatrick would be cool too. But, uh, yeah, Chiefs by 17. I think the Chiefs win this game pretty comfortably in Miami. It is nice to be able to go to Miami in December. I know the players will enjoy getting out of Kansas City and getting out of the cold here and going down to – Miami, Florida to uh, revisit their Super Bowl triumph. I think they win that game. Then they play the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome on December 30th, or excuse me, December 20th. That's week 15. I'm going to give this one to the Saints. Uh, That's going to be the Chiefs' second loss for me, and I think the first of us to predict a second loss. I I don't feel super strongly about it, but... I do think it's really hard to go 15 and one or 16 and zero, even though that's obviously where Taylor is trending at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely get that. Um, I'm going to give the chiefs a second loss here just because this is the spot on the schedule where I feel like if they're going to lose a second game, this is where it's going to be. It is a tough place to play even without fans necessarily being there. You know, you have to go and travel and the saints are a good team. They typically have, 
you know, they have had with Breeze the last few years, they've had some late season swoons. And that's the only thing that gives me any pause here is, you know, is this the part of the the year where the Saints maybe kind of are playing a little bit below their peak? Uh, but I'm going to give the I'm going to give this one to the Saints in a close game. I'm I'm also going to give it to the Saints. Uh, just looking at what the Saints have on the roster, it's it's so tough to deal with this team. You got Breeze, obviously. He's he's still very good. He's throwing to Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders now. That's among the best wide receiver duos in the NFL for sure. Yeah, Michael Thomas and me would be one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. But yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and then you got some amazing players like cam jordan and demario davis cj gardner johnson looked pretty good last year uh marshawn Lattimore. yeah it's it's just a very very good team uh saints by seven you know um austin hit on a point that really stuck with me which is those late season struggles of drew Brees. this is not a one-time thing this is the last three years he has really really run out of gas and whether that's coincidence or whether that's something, you know, maybe his old age just catches up to him by the end of the year. Um, maybe it's something Sean Payton does. I don't know. But I do know that when I watch the Saints in December, they do not look like the dominant Saints of the early part of the year. And I'm banking on that trend to continue. I think at this point, the Chiefs will be a well-oiled machine. They'll be firing on all cylinders. They'll be looking ahead to the Super Bowl and they will take care of business in New Orleans. Uh, we're moving on to week 16 Falcons. Uh, it's a home game in Arrowhead. One of the two remaining home games on the schedule. Um, I don't see much in Atlanta's roster to really come into Arrowhead and challenge the chiefs here. I think they will have their sights set on the end of the season and they will execute the Falcons and take care of them by a couple touchdowns. Yeah. I think Matt Ryan might actually have a pretty good game here and we're, we're obviously going to have trouble defending Julio. Julio's just you don't have to say much about Julio and how good he is, but I'll also stick with Chiefs winning. Uh, I think this one will be a little bit closer than some would expect. I'll say Chiefs by like 10. Uh, Chiefs win this one, and week 17, Chargers at Chiefs, Chiefs win. Chiefs win. Chiefs win. That's the season. So, Taylor, you had Chiefs going 16-0. and I did. Okay. I did. And Sam and I each had the Chiefs going 14 and 2 with losses to the Ravens and the Saints, both road games. So you are the high man, Taylor, and Sam and I are the tough critics here, predicting a 14 and 2 season and two road losses against uh, teams that had bye by weeks last year. So it's going to be a what good year, that? guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, you know, um, I. Oftentimes, it's it's very hard for anyone to come out and predict a 16-0 year because it's extremely hard to do. Uh, that being said, it's been done one time. I don't, I I don't see a weakness in this Chiefs team right now. I don't see a reason to pick against them. I think that they have every piece that you would want to go out in any NFL game and win under any circumstance. And I just I've been so high on this team all offseason that I just don't. I don't feel comfortable picking a loss, so I didn't. Fair enough. Well, that brings us to the 
final segment of our show, the moment you've all been waiting for, because we're breaking down week one, Chiefs-Texans. We're going to keep this pretty brief if you've stuck with us this whole time. Uh, Just going to go through kind of the injury report, such as it stands here on Monday when we're recording this, September 7th. Some matchups to watch. We'll maybe each give one uh, area, either a player or a position group that we're looking at here, and then we'll do predictions for this game. So starting really quickly, guys, with the injury report in this game, the Chiefs are all good. Everybody practiced today. That is exactly what you want. I mean, you you literally, like, it's sort of like the fate, the football gods have smiled on the Chiefs this entire year. From Mm -hmm. the second the calendar turned to 2020, everything (laughs) went to shit for everybody else. But for the Chiefs, it just keeps coming up. Chiefs time and time again everybody practiced everybody's going to be ready to go uh we'll we'll see kind of some of the guys that maybe have been limited a little bit throughout camp maybe Juan Thornhill we'll see you know how many snaps those guys are maybe going to play but everybody's good to go on the Texan side of things uh Brandon Cooks was limited today in practice with a quad injury uh he apparently has been dealing with that throughout training camp and has been able to practice but they've been limiting his participation no other real starters of note on the injury report. Uh, a backup or a limited player, Philip Gaines, <clears throat> is limited mm. by being Philip Gaines, but also, <laughs> but also with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So, if uh, if Philip Gaines gets into the game, guys, I <laughs> this could get real ugly for the Texans. Uh, but let's go through some matchups to watch. So. I just want to go through and either pick a a particular player or maybe a position group. And I can go ahead and start with my matchup to watch. And that is the chiefs defensive backfield against this revamped Texans wide receiver group. Obviously we talked about the changes uh, for the Texans this off season, Bill O'Brien trading away Deandre Hopkins, who looks like he might get a new deal uh, relatively soon, probably by the time this goes out to uh, the listeners uh, looks like he's going to get a new contract, but in his stead, Brandon Cooks limited with the uh, the quad injury, but is sort of the new de facto wide receiver one. Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, and of course, the speedster Will Fuller, the fifth, uh, rounding out that wide receiver unit. So this is a group, guys, that, I mean, obviously you don't have the top end talent of DeAndre Hopkins. But you do have some guys who, when healthy, huge caveat with this group, but when healthy, can all be pretty capable players. Brandon Cooks is a guy who really is kind of almost like a post-hype player at this point um, after what he did in New Orleans and then what he did with Tom Brady in New England. Kind of went to the Rams, sort of dropped off the face of the earth, um, was battling for targets with two other very talented receivers in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and playing in an offense that maybe didn't feature him quite as much and also playing with the worst quarterback he had ever played in or played with, you know, Jared Goff, who is not Drew Brees and is not Tom Brady. And now he's going to Deshaun Watson. Uh, I do think, you know, in terms of talent, he probably is the best wide receiver on this roster. I think obviously as a group, the speed here is something to watch. And we don't really know what the Chiefs are going to do <laughs> at corner, uh, whether it's going to be Fenton. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo this week in his press conference came out and said he had a lot of con- uh, a lot of confidence in Legereus Sneed. It's just going to be really interesting to see how the Texans feature these wide receivers 
what the personnel groupings are like, what kind of routes they're going to be running with each of these guys, and how they're going to attack a chief secondary that, frankly, they don't have a lot of tape on because they don't really know what the Chiefs are going to do to fill in for Bashad Breland, who's suspended. So that's kind of my matchup to watch. What uh, Do either of you have uh, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I suppose what I'm interested in is, for one, the continuation of J.J. Watt against Mitchell Schwartz. That's been, a, that's been a matchup that's been fantastic for a while now. Watt against Schwartz is just incredible. But uh, something that will be more impactful will be uh, the Chiefs' weapons against the Texans' lowly secondary. (laughs) Uh, um, So they got Bradley Roby. I like that. Justin Reed's fine. But then some uh, some more unproven ones. I I don't know if they got Eric Reed. I don't or Eric Reed. Eric Murray. I don't know if they're going to play Eric Murray. They might. I I for their sake they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but. uh, if Eric Murray plays, that'll be very interesting to see if he's having to guard like Kelsey. Oh, that that does not sound fun for Houston. I mean, who is going to guard? It, it's going to be him or or Lonnie Johnson. I mean, whoever it is. Travis Kelsey ate Lonnie Johnson up and spit him out. He was yeah. And- I mean, it's a bad matchup for the Texans. The Texans don't have anybody that can remotely guard Travis Kelsey. No, and I mean that's not you know that's not a huge knock on the Texans because most teams don't. However, they are certainly ill-equipped for that task. Um, I'm really interested to see David Johnson out of the backfield catching passes against Willie Gay. I think that um, a speed linebacker is something that the Chiefs have sorely missed, and if the Chiefs have running backs out of the backfield pretty well under control. That's going to bode so well for them moving forward for matchups against Eckler and a lot of these fast backs that have really given the Chiefs trouble on defense, even with this good version of the current defense. There's still, you know, a little, a fast back out of the backfield has still been a really, really tough matchup. So if Willie Gay contains David Johnson on some of those screens and, and little, running back out patterns, um, I think the Chiefs are going to be in great shape. Yeah, and Duke Johnson as well. They have another pass catcher, you know, their second running back out yeah, of the backfield. Yeah, I should have just said D. Johnson. Hmm. Yeah, D. Yeah. Johnson, exactly. I'm I'm really interested to see the Chiefs offensive line, the kind of the new look offensive line without LDT in there. I want to see how Coleccio Simile performs because, you know, I mean, what makes all of these matchups that we're kind of discussing fun is that we kind of just don't, we don't know some ass that we don't know something about the matchup. That's what makes it intriguing, right? Yep. Like we have not seen the chiefs offensive line in the preseason. We've not seen the Chiefs secondary without Bashad Breland because there have been no preseason games. We have not seen, you know, Brandon cooks on the field with the Texans yet. Just all of these, all of these different matchups that we're going to get to see for the first time on Thursday night, because there's no preseason. I mean, they're just, it adds all this additional intrigue to the matchup. I, I just, I can't wait for it. I, I can't wait. I can't wait either. And speaking of can't wait, how about Clyde Edwards Hilaire's debut? Clyde versus the hype. That is going to be just a, a ton of fun to see how early and often the Chiefs feature him. Um, what kind of explosiveness? Because we've seen nothing but high praises everywhere in the Chiefs organization since they brought him in. And I'm just really, really excited to see him go out there and make some guys miss. Yeah, not only that, Taylor, but the Chiefs finalized their roster over the weekend, and they're only carrying three running backs. Yeah. They're just carrying Clyde, Daryl Williams, and Darwin Thompson. Yeah, which Darwin. Is, which is very <laughs> unusual for the Chiefs. And I I they're also carrying four tight ends, which is which is 
unusual for them. I don't know if it's just a function of there's obviously a, a hugely expanded, I think they doubled the size of the practice squad for this season. Yep. You still have to be able to get players to the practice squad, right? Like other mm-hmm. teams can claim them off your practice squad. Yep. You know, I think the players have some autonomy in that. Like if they want to come back to your practice squad, I think there's probably some wiggle room there. I don't know exactly how that works legally, but the chiefs, I don't know if that had something to do with their decision to only carry three running backs, but that's a very, unusual decision for them. And I think it speaks very, very highly to what they think of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, because not only are you only carrying three, but Daryl Williams <laughs> and Darwin, Darwin Thompson was a rookie last year. Yeah. And Daryl Williams has been with the team a, a few seasons, but I mean, he was a UDFA. He's not a DeAndre, uh, a DeAndre Washington type a player. He certainly is not a shady McCoy type player. They don't have a 10 year veteran or even a Carlos Hyde like they had yep. last year. They don't have a 10 year veteran in that running back room. They have the most experienced player in that running back room is Daryl Williams. And that speaks volumes to me about what they think of number one, Darwin's development, which is great because we all had, you know, high hopes for how he might maybe develop as a piece in that backfield but certainly what they think of Clyde Edwards Hilaire's ability to come in as a rookie and just completely dominate the backfield and pick up everything he needs to pick up in that running back room. They don't even have a guy in that running back room just to like, here's how you running back in the NFL, right? Like they don't, they don't even have a vet in there to tell him what to do, right? Like it's just his, it's his show. Everything that they've done to set up the roster has said, we have complete faith in Clyde Edwards Hilaire to come in and completely dominate this backfield. As, as they should. It, it should be all Clyde. And, and another thing that I'm hoping for in the game is, of course, McCole Hardman having a huge role, not d- being over Demarcus Robinson, maybe being ev- even over Sammy Watkins. I want McCole Hardman to be the second or third most targeted guy on the receiving core for the game. How interesting is the development of not only McCole, but Sammy? Like, the their their ceilings are both extremely high as as would any ceiling in this Chiefs offense be. But I mean, both those guys are capable of taking over a game at their best. And then you add Tyreek Hill to that. I mean, it's just a. And then it, you add Travis Kelsey to that. Yes, it's stupid. It really is stupid. And I can't imagine game planning for this team just like I couldn't last year, and it turned out very well. So I mean, I, they're just you know when you have the best quarterback that's ever graced this earth and you add all those pieces to it. I just don't see any way any defense with normal human beings is going to be able to stop this team. There isn't, there isn't one. So boys, I think we've come to the prediction part of the show for this game. I want, uh, well, we obviously all predicted the chiefs to win this game. So let's get a score. Everybody go around. Give me your score in this game. Taylor, you lead us off. I'm going to go 38-14 Chiefs. I don't remember what I said earlier about Chiefs by, and if I put a score there. <laughs> so, so I'll just go with Chiefs 41, Texans 21. I was going to go Chiefs 38 as well. I'm going to go 38-17, to 17-38. Nice. For our Chiefs, they start the season 1-0. We'll see you all next week to break down, hopefully, the Chiefs opening week victory. And then we'll be able to preview week two. We're here, guys. Football season is here.